Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. 2017 Pro Bowl vote is here. It's time to vote for the NFL's best players to earn their spot at Pro Bowl, where the best meets the next. Help your favorite player earn a coveted spot on the Pro Bowl roster. Vote today at nfl.com slash Pro Bowl vote. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here on Move the Sticks. Happy Tuesday to you, wherever you're, whatever day you're listening to this podcast. But, Buck, we have a uh, we have a Heisman Trophy group now that we know we can talk about in just a little bit. We know what the college football playoff looks like. We can touch on that as well. But we had a jam-packed NFL weekend uh, to talk about first off, and I think the first place we ought to start that Monday night game, and I don't know if you look at it two way, one or two ways, right? How good the Colts, <laughs> what could they potentially be, or just how bad have things gotten with the New York Jets? Uh, I think how bad things have gotten with the New York Jets. Um, the big takeaway is Bryce Petty had an opportunity to play in that game, and people have been clamoring for Bryce Petty to you get on the field. Are you excited about that? I just don't understand why. He's a fourth-round pick. Like, I get it. Like, Dak Prescott is – overplayed his draft status. But to think that a fourth-round pick is going to come in, this kind of, that just doesn't no, normally happen. And so people are claiming to see if he is the quarterback of the future when, in my estimation, the guy that they invested the second-round pick in is probably who they're thinking is more in line to be the next guy at the position. Bryce Petty had an opportunity to play. He was 11 of 25, I think, a couple interceptions. He is what I kind of thought he was at Baylor. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's more of a developmental prospect that maybe can ascend to be a backup quarterback. I just don't know if he has the arm strength. I don't know if he's been experienced enough in an offense that asked him to do a lot of reading to be a guy that could play when it's very, very fast on the field. And so we will see over the next four games if he can be an NFL quarterback. I'm of the mindset that I think he's a backup at best. And I don't think he really offers the Jets a lot of hope at the position. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I know they've they've drafted several of these guys now. I don't know if any of these guys get me all that fired up. And you talk about Hackenberg, we'll see. It's interesting to me. Like I don't look. This is oversimplifying things, but 
Penn State doing okay. Penn State's doing just fine. It, I, know. It, it, I mean, you do kind of look at you know, they at the Rose Bowl with relatively the same supporting cast. Maybe it was the guy that was pulling the great, trigger. I mean, look, I get he wasn't a great fit, but McSorley's making a lot of throws now from, from the pocket. A lot of throw. I thought throw for three hundred plus yards in the Big Ten. Anyways, it, I just I don't know. Game. I don't know that the Jets have their guy as of yet. A um, couple of the big games. How about the Buccaneers going into San Diego? I thought that was one of the bigger wins. The way they're rolling right now. Jameis is, is rolling this defense, though. Vernon Hargraves getting his hands on some footballs, making some things happen. That, look, this this Tampa team, interesting. Very interesting. They're playing very good on defense, very well on defense. Mike Smith has done a great job of kind of getting it together. Um, they're keeping the ball in front. They're not giving up points. Noah Spence has been a guy that has kind of come on. Uh, Gerald McCoy is still being a factor on the inside. You talked about Vernon Hargraves getting to the mix. This is a team that is faster. They're more athletic than they've been. And when you're more athletic, you have an opportunity to make plays. And because the scheme is simple, you're seeing them rally to the ball. And when you get a number hats on the ball, good things happen. No question. How about how about Steelers and what they did to the Giants? That's the Steelers that we expected to see offensively. Ladarius Green gave them a boost, being a, a fast guy in the middle of the field, made some plays, once they had a couple touchdowns, stretched the field from the middle. And when you have an Antonio Brown and some other guys that are capable on the outside, when you have someone in the middle who forces the safety to stay at home, it allows those other big plays to happen. And also, it doesn't hurt to have Levy and Bell in the backfield. No question. I went and watched that this morning. One of the things I pumped in because I wanted to see Ladarius Green. I saw the box score right, but I didn't get a chance to study the game. So I watched all of his targets in this game. Bucky, he dropped like three balls. Yeah. He could have had 200 yards. Or I mean, he dropped several balls. The uh, – he still didn't look totally right. Like, he's not back to, to, to being – No, back, not in the back to the guy that game. came out. Yeah. But a lot of it, when you watch Ben, and we'll talk about this on our total access hit that we do later in the week, the thing that's so fun about Ben is even if he's old, he's, it's still just street ball. I mean, when he gets out of the pocket, he's direct. He's pointing, he's directing traffic. One of those was just kind of a broken play, and Ladarius Green's got a linebacker on him in the flat, just running a drag route. He Shoop. turns it up, pop it right over his head, and you get a big chunk, but I think it was 37 yards, so – um, ben still is so dangerous outside the design of the play. Touchdown pass that he threw to Antonio Brown, same thing. Escapes, he's rolling out, everybody's plastered. He points, he turns it upfield. And when I froze it, when I froze the tape, 10 sets of eyes on Ben on defense. The only person that wasn't looking at Ben was a guy. Janoris, was Janoris right, Jenkins in coverage. In coverage, had his back to him. And it's hard. It's so hard. Because what do you do? The funny thing is when I looked at that play live, I was saying, he never, the receiver, never gave him an opportunity to peak because Antonio Brown was constant motion. Yep. It's almost like being in basketball and you're having to check Steph Curry. He's running off picks and doing all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, see ball, so, see man. Yeah, you, yeah you, can't, you can't cut through. You can't. So it's, it's a lot of work. Ben Roethlisberger has always been a challenge to bring down, and they make so many big plays off of those unscripted, unscripted impromptu uh, scrambles. You have to be able to plaster and stay with your guy, and you just can't do it. The thing for the Steelers, can their defense get up to snuff? They did a better job against the New York Giants. Coming down the stretch, they have to play better on defense. All right, how about Packers-Texans? Again, I'll ask you this, the story here. Good Packers, bad Texans. What do you got? The combination of things. The Packers have played better in recent weeks. Offensively, there's a little more of a rhythm and flow to their offense, even though they still can't run the ball the way that you need to be able to run it to be a legitimate team in the postseason. They're able to do just enough to create some of those big ball opportunities for Aaron Rodgers. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams has stepped up. I think Devontae Adams has actually surpassed Randall Cobb as their number two receiver. And so when you're able to get those contributions on the outside and the 
passing game flows, they make big plays. For the Texans, it's just another disappointing offensive showing. Uh, you give up 21 points on defense, you still should be in the game. But Brock Osweiler and that unit cannot generate enough offense. They can't score enough points. And I know the owner has been on record saying that, hey, you can't criticize the quarterback. He played okay, but I need more from a guy that's expected to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's it's not pretty right there. Who, who do you like winning that division, by the way? we got a three-way tie. we got Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Houston. I kind of lean towards Tennessee. And the reason I lean towards Tennessee, I think they have the better defense of them, and I think they can run the ball. And at the end of the day, when you're playing down the stretch, if you can run the ball and play good defense, it gives you a shot. Also, the quarterback is not turning the ball over in the red zone. You know the stats, 32 touchdowns and zero interceptions yeah. in the red zone. As long as he's able to continue to be that kind of guy when it comes to managing the game, Tennessee Titans are going to be there in the end. Only challenge for them is they've lost both to Indy. So if you end up tied, that, that yeah, that's that, that one. That's, that's huge. So it'll be interesting to, to, to follow those teams. Any games when you look at the list here that jump out at you? I mean, look, your guy Matt Stafford. I think he's gosh. If the season ended today, is he the MVP? I think it has to be between him and Derek Carr. There's some momentum for Derek Carr based on how he came back. How he's been able to have what five fourth quarter Stafford's got a touchdowns, bunch of, bunch of comebacks. Stafford has four. He has seven fourth quarter comebacks. But right now, it has to be between those two guys. And when I look at the Lions, it's not just their offense. Defensively, they're beginning to play better. Uh, last four games, they've held the opponent without a hundred yards on the ground. That gives you an opportunity to dictate the terms defensively, particularly when it comes to dialing up the rush. And they've started to create turnovers. The hot name and one of the hot names and head coaching circles has reemerged as Terrell Austin because he's done such a good job. He's kind of fattening up their resume. This may be the opportunity for him to get a job on the cycle. That's a good point. Uh, done a really nice job there. Anything else on this list here? Jump out. How about Kansas City Chiefs to pick two to oh, seal yeah. the Eric game? Barry. Eric Berry having uh, coming back. Remarkable that he was able to come back from his health situation to be a not only a contributing player, but a difference maker. Had a pick six early in the game to pick two to win the game. Um, I believe, I mean, we, we started to float this idea of uh, best corner, best safety. If you could take a tandem, you have to think about Marcus Peters and Eric Berry, the things that they're able to do collectively. They make it tough. And when they're able to get the pass rush up front, D Ford, Justin Houston, Tom Bali, having those three guys as they get into the postseason, they're going to be a tough out. They're not a sexy pick, but they're a team that has all the core components and they don't have a glaring weakness when you look at them. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. That's an interesting division to follow here. Nobody, I mean, the Chargers have dropped off in the AFC West. Everybody else right up there at the top. So Huge game. Watch. Chiefs and Raiders on our network on Thursday. The Raiders have gotten better on defense, but the last time the Chiefs went up to Oakland, they played them. They hit them in the mouth. Uh, Spencer Ware may have had 120-plus, 130 yards on the ground. We will see how tough and physical the Raiders are if – they can stop the run in this game because Kansas City is going to run it right at them. And I know that's not Andy Reid's thing, but they are committed to running the ball in certain situations. Let's jump over to college here. What do you think of the playoff? Uh, I'm okay with the playoff. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that Ohio State was kind of penciled in before we even got to the deal, how everyone's like, oh, they're locked to get in. I think Ohio State is – I think they're good, but I think they have some vulnerability. When I've watched them – had some ugly games. When I've watched them, like, remember, I watched the Penn State game. They weren't impressive. I watched them versus Michigan State. I know they've won, and I know they have an impressive win early in the year against Oklahoma. Yeah. But when I look at this team, they have some nice pieces. They have some nice players. But I don't think they're humming or clicking on all cylinders on offense. JT Barrett has been a bit of a disappointment for me. I like Samuels. 
I like the explosiveness that he brings to the table. But the rest of the guys, I'm still waiting to see more. If they win and go far in this playoff, it will be because their defense carries the weight. Greg Schiano has helped Luke Fickle kind of shore up the defense. The defense is playing better. That matchup with Clemson, though, is tough, though, because Clemson has a lot of weapons. They will score. I went to the Clemson game against VTech, and uh, tell you what, the leg at the tight end had a big game. Nice. They've got receivers all over the place. Everywhere. Mike Williams. Artavis Scott. Yeah, Artavis Scott. Deion Kane. No, they've got Renfro. They've got all kinds of dudes. So they're they're loaded at the wide receiver position. And I think, and I've said it before, I think I think Gallman's the most underrated back in college football. He's a really, really good in pass protection. He can catch the ball out of the backfield if you need, and he's a quick, elusive runner on the inside. So everybody points to Deshaun Watson, and he gets all the hype and all the attention. There's a lot of good pieces around. As you say, he's driving a nice Cadillac. How about your dad's, your dad's guy? How about Destin Lawrence, had huh? Nice, had a nice game. He's inside. He is. It's a big dude, man. Man, freshman. Uh, he's one of the best high school players that I've ever seen. And um, he is big. He's physical. He has a presence. Clemson's defense has a lot of talent. I saw your note on Tankersley. Yeah, he had a good uh, game, a couple picks. You know, picks. very, very athletic. The, the, the thing about him and watching him a couple of times this year, he's a little handsy. He grabs a little bit when he presses, but he made two critical plays in that game. The thing for Clemson is Clemson has been here. Clemson certainly understands the arena that they're playing on, the stage that they're on. I really like their offense. Um, I like their offense better than Ohio State's defense, but I like Ohio State's defense better than Clemson's defense because Clemson has – I never thought they would give up that many yeah. points to Virginia Tech. And Virginia, look, credit Virginia Tech for what Fuentes has done for Quarterback their offense. Quarterback played well. Quarterback Evans has, has also been a factor, but I just don't know if Ohio State can score enough points. Yeah. You know, with JT Barrett, JT Barrett is going to have to be the best quarterback on the field for them to win, and I just don't know if he has that in his game. I think Ohio State's got to turn him over. they got to turn over to Sean Watson, get short fields, maybe even score some points, which they've done both this year. But their defense has to generate turnovers, give them extra possessions if they're going to win. Hooker has to be a factor in the middle of the field. Bosa has to be a guy that controls and wins at the line of scrimmage. And then Raekwon McMillan in the middle has to be able to, to get gotta, it done. He's got to stop at, Gallman. When you look at the individual matchups, you talk to the guy, Leggett. Leggett is a huge player. That touchdown that he caught, they basically moved him outside. Yeah, he's he's a Jordan Reed-type player. And so how will they match up? Will they play more man-to-man? And if they play man-to-man, does that expose some of their corners to Mike Williams and others? Fascinating matchup. It would be an interesting matchup to watch. How about the other matchup? What do you think? You know, it's funny because the other matchup, everyone has already kind of said, oh, roll Alabama, Alabama do it. But I will say this. Chris Peterson, whenever he's been given time back at Boise and even at UW, you give him three weeks, he'll find a way to dial it up. At Boise, they never lost any of those matches. When they played Georgia, when they played Oklahoma, any of those teams. West Virginia. When you give them time, they find a way to kind of – dissect you and pick you apart. And I think he will be able to look at some of the things in the SEC championship game, ignore the score. Florida moved the ball at times against Alabama's defense. And if they had solid quarterback play, they could have made it very interesting. Washington will have a nice game plan. But I said this and we tweeted about this. Jake Browning will need to play better. He kind of stumbled to the finish line at the end of the season and showed kind of the fact that he's a sophomore quarterback. and He's kind of like a bus driver. He is going to have to play, like as we saw, a truck. He's going to have to be a truck. He's going to have to pull a little more because John Ross can get open. They can do some things. He can't miss because they only have a a handful of throws where they can kind of flip the game, flip the field, change it. He has to connect on those. Here's the the problem for Washington. 
I think their defense is going to hang in there against Alabama's offense. Uh, their secondary is as good as anybody in the country. Absolutely. They'll be able to hang in. Defensive line, they've got some, some good players. Missing a linebacker, but the, they'll be okay. I think their defense will hang in there. Here's the problem. That offensive line has seen nothing like they're getting ready to get themselves into. And not just a talented, not just a deep, but a rested Alabama defensive front. <laughs> good freaking luck. Hey, Jonathan Allen, Tim Williams. Just, I mean, there's Ruben Foster. And those guys come out, the next group comes in, and they just roll. Front front seven, unlike we've seen. And traditionally what we've seen, those teams in the Pac-12 have struggled against SEC defenses just because – you just don't see big bodies that can move like that. athletically like in that. In hindsight, in hindsight, look, I know they got smashed and they had the wrong quarterback in there and all that week one. But USC, I think, I think that benefit. I think playing Alabama, you know, the rest of the year you're never going to see anything like that. Nope, nothing like that. Nope. I think in some ways it kind of benefits you to play a team like that early in the season. You want to play them early. Um, you see where you stand, and I think they understood where they needed to go. And also, we're only a few weeks removed from watching USC throttle. Washington. Yeah. We can say that the quarterback didn't play well, but USC kind of controlled the game from start to finish. And I know Alabama is a team that on offense, they can control it. The thing about it, will the game change for the young quarterback, Jalen Hurts? Will, will it become too big for him? He's handled everything that has been thrown his way this year. Will he get a little nervous? Will he play like a freshman? That will be the thing that you have to watch for. But in terms of their defense and the kicking game, both teams have really good returners. Pettis is a great returner at Washington. Um, Diggs, yeah. Stephon Diggs, younger brother, is a nice returner for Alabama. He flipped the field in the SEC championship game. The kicking game is going to be pivotal. If you're Washington, you can't lose the field position game because at some point those body blows that Alabama's defense and their offense kind of lays on you would do it. Also, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Lane Kiffin's been a stone-cold play caller. He understands how to take shots. It'll it'd be interesting to see him go against some Pac-12 competition. Here, I just keep coming back to this. You talked about USC-Washington, right? SC kind of dominated that football game. So I just went through in my head, and I'll see if you agree with me. I was thinking, how many players on USC's defense would start for Alabama's defense? You know the number I came up with? One, Adoree Jackson. Zero. Adoree Jackson win over Humphrey and Fitzpatrick? I don't think so. With that size, with that size at corner, I'm just saying when you look at where this will be reflected in the NFL draft over time. Ooh, Adoree Jackson's a he'd be a returner, no question. But as a corner, he's if giving this, up a lot of size. I don't know if you ever played spades. If this was a spades game, yeah, I, I, I love think, spades. I think I would give you this. He's a possible. <laughs> yeah, he's I a possible. Three, three possible <laughs> he's a possible. Adore is a possible. Yeah, yeah that Alabama he's king. He's like a king. That Alabama defense is is great. It's funny. So how about this? I had a chance. Those guys were on my defense on a seven on seven team. I had Come Mika on. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Adoree Jackson, Jamal Adams. Oh, jeez. Trey Marshall. You didn't lose, did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Like, that, that's easy. Like you like to coach that kind of stuff. Like yeah. that. That is easy. Um. That well, is my, but I'm one. just saying, I'm, I'm, how are they going to do that against this defense? Up front. I mean, you, that's tough. That's why Chris Peterson – and I, here's what – here's we'll give you my, my – this is not going to tell you who's going to win the game. We'll do that later in another episode. But here's my Chris Peterson prediction. Of the first 15 plays for Washington, I'm going to predict 13 of them will be passes. 
Oh, you got to tire him out. He's not going to give away. He's not going to give away. What are you going to do? Run into a brick wall and just start out second and ten every every possession? Here's what I will say about Washington. I have tremendous respect for Chris Peterson. I think he's one of the best game planners and play designers in football uh, at any level. I believe to attack Alabama, you got to play with tempo. I think they play faster. I I watched the SEC championship game. Florida gave them problems with a lot of constant motion and shifts. That's something that I've seen oh, Washington he does do. It. Yeah, he does that. Have to find a way to create and take some shots to John Ross. John Ross has to be a guy, for me, if they're winning, he has to have 150-plus receiving yards. Now, I don't know how we get that, but we have to figure out a way to make him be a big factor. Uh, I think tricks have to be a part oh, of your I, game plan. I will, I will bet you my house that tackle eligible was coming. Oh, You have to have a few tricks. They have to figure out a way to generate some explosive plays because the thing that you're going to have 10 play 80-yard drives against Alabama, that's not going to happen. So – Trick plays, explosive plays, something in the kicking game that allows them to buy some time. I would look for an onside kick. I'm not saying that Washington doesn't have a chance, but I think you have to approach this game like a riverboat gambler. You have to be aggressive going against Alabama. I think if you try and play them straight up, I think Alabama's talent eventually wears you down. Yeah, I'm – uh, it's going to be fun. I think they're good matchups, so I think they'll be fun to watch. I, I'm planning on going to that one to uh, Bama, Washington. I think I'm looking at Clemson. I'm looking at Clemson and Ohio State. That's the matchup that I want to watch. A lot of pros. Yeah, no question. All right, give me real quick before we get out of here. What do you think of the Heisman finalists here? You know, it's funny. It's an interesting list. Um, Lamar Jackson, two Oklahoma guys: Baker Mayfield, D.D. Westbrook, Deshaun Watson, Jabril Peppers. Um, to me, it's Lamar Jackson's award. Yeah. When when I look at it, I look at the numbers. I look at when he's been at his best, he is clearly the best player in college football. Ultimately, I think it will come down between Jackson and Deshaun Watson. And when they both were on the same field, I don't think it was close who the better player was. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson in this one. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson's going to win it. In, in terms of who I'm disappointed isn't there, I'll tell you one. Everybody talked about – I watched almost all the Alabama defense this year. Jonathan Allen's been great. Now, there's been a lot of people upset that he's not gone. I'd be upset if I was Reuben Foster. Oh, Reuben Foster is a grown man. He might be the best player in college football. Buck. He's a grown man. Physical, sideline to sideline. He hits you and you go down. He plays with bad intentions. I love how he menaces people. Um, he's got a lot of Patrick Willis in his game. Love his game. You know, it, 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 it's compelling. Um, I will say this about Jabril Peppers. I love his athleticism. I like his versatility. I don't think he has enough. There's no production. Yeah, he only has one interception. And so it's great to be a two-way player, but if you're going to be a two-way player that wins the Heisman, you have to have some splash plays. He doesn't have enough splash plays. And you can make the argument, if you're going to take a two- or three-way player. Dory Jackson should have been over him. A Dory Jackson could be a guy that's over him. The problem with a Dory, a Dory did his at the end of the year. If he does that early in the year where people can kind of see it, it hits the highlight reel. I think he's there. If you haven't seen it, if you're listening, go uh, just just search on uh, YouTube and find. I think it's called like "Why Not a Dory." His highlight tape. We've talked about it before. Unbelievable. It's about the best splash play highlight tape that I've ever seen. It's phenomenal. Uh, outstanding. He 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 can do it. He's a special athlete. Like you're talking about a world class track and field athlete. Um, a guy who was a two time Pac-12 long jump champion, all American status in that event. Also very very good in the 100. It shows up when he has the ball in his hands. I know he may not appear to be the fastest sometimes at oh, defensive he can, back. He can roll. But the trick to getting a Dory to play fast is Hand just, the ball. Just, just put a little brown, little brown ball in his hand. He plays a little faster. No question. All right, Buck, let's, let's get out of here. We'll come back later in the week and 
We won't have college games to preview, but we will have uh, some NFL games. I needed a break from that. I need a break from picking uh, college my, games. My, I finished in last place in the regular season, so you're preaching to the choir. But I'm only three behind you. I'm going to catch in the bowl season. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for, for checking us out. We'll be back later this week for another episode. Until then, have a great week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.